0: You are listening to The Stender with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit JcastNetwork.org. The bracha. You shall be a blessing. That is the charge God gives to Abraham at the beginning of our Torah portion this week. And it's what colors the entire trajectory of Abraham's life, this charge to be a blessing. This charge to uh, advance God's agenda for the world. And what's so, therefore, surprising about our Torah portion is that it moves from that call that God gives to Abraham to be a blessing to some rather mundane business that seems to have nothing at all to do with Abraham fulfilling that charge of being a blessing. Parker spoke about this story of Abraham having to go down to Egypt in the time of a famine, and he passes off his wife for his sister so that uh, they survive the experience. And then the Torah talks about a quarrel that Abraham has with his nephew Lot, or Lot. And then, finally, we get to a very strange story that most biblical scholars have trouble understanding what it means, where it comes from, or why it is in this Torah portion where we are Operating with this theme of Abraham's charge to be a blessing, and the story comes in chapter 14 of Genesis. It's sometimes called the War of the Four Kings against the Five Kings. Now, I had to confess when I was growing up, okay, and I what well, I was about to say was, but it's really am kind of a nerd, um, and I was really into things like was am really into things like uh like like Star Wars and uh Lord of the Rings and Tolkien and all those other things. And uh still am. Uh, and so I was always drawn to this part of the Torah portion um because it read like Tolkien. It read like this sort of archaic battle scene with all these sort of ancient obscure alliances and there's intrigue going on even though it really has nothing to do with the main story of the Torah portion and the mystery of it and the drama of it and the fighting within it really jumped out at me from an early age. So I was always drawn to this story, although I never really thought about it until perhaps this week. As a crucial moment, actually, in the story of Abraham. And I think it's not an accident that it's here. And I think it has everything to do with the charge that Abraham receives of being a blessing. So, in short, here's what happens in the story. There are uh, four kings living in the land of, uh, of uh, what's now the land of Israel, what becomes the land of Israel. Uh, they represent different geographies and different constituencies and there is uh, uh, an alliance between them to rebel against uh, another alliance of kings from all over uh, the land of Israel and they march upon each other in battle and it's this brutal and bloody battle in which uh, some of the kings fall into uh, bitumen pits, and it's just a, it's just a really uh, powerful scene. And in the course of the battle, Lot, Abraham's nephew, is taken captive, and Abraham hears word that Lot is taken captive. And so musters all of his retinue, which is only a few, uh, a few hundred people, I think, in the, in, in the story. I may be wrong about that. Um, uh, 318 people, okay? He musters 318 people and chases down the kings who have taken Lot captive in order to rescue him and redeem him. And so he rescues Lot, and he returns from a battle that he has to fight in order, he risks his life to rescue his nephew. And he returns from this battle and he encounters a person named Malchit who's the king of a place called Shalem. And Malchit the king of Shalem, brings out bread and wine. He was a priest, it says, of God most high. And he blessed Abraham, saying, Blessed be Abraham of God most high creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high who has delivered your foes into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth of everything. So that's the story. It's kind of obscure. We don't really know why it's there, but I think embedded in it is a central aspect of what it means to be a blessing. This actually, I think, is Abraham coming into his own in the process of fulfilling God's wishes for him. So think about what happens here. Lot is taken captive in the process of a brutal and bloody conflict with powerful forces on both sides. And what it means to be taken captive is to no longer have control over your own life. It's to be at the whims and wills of all these other people. It's dangerous and it's threatening. It's why in the Jewish tradition there are few commandments more important than the commandment to redeem captives, which is a command we get later in the Torah because being a captive is a life-threatening situation. You have no control over your own destiny. And so Abraham risks his own life with only 300 other people, and marches into battle against these powerful forces in order to rescue this one person. He risks his life and the lives of others in order to save the life of Lot. It becomes even more interesting when one considers the story that immediately precedes this one, which is the story I alluded to a moment ago when I said that Lot and Abram, who traveled together from Abram's birthplace, had a quarrel between them and the shepherds that were with them. And so Abram said to Lot, we're brothers, we're family, there shouldn't be a quarrel between us, Let's just separate ourselves. I'll go right, you go left. Or if you go right, I'll go left. We'll just separate ourselves so that we don't have to come into conflict with each other anymore. And so Lot is in the position he is in. He lives in the city of Sodom. An important city later in the story that I'm not going to touch on today. He lives in the city of Sodom because of this quarrel he has with Abraham. Because he was in opposition to He was an opponent of Abraham, and they set out on their own ways. So Lot is in the circumstance he is in because of a fight he had with Abraham. And Abraham risks his life to march into battle with only a ragtag bunch of misfits at his side in order to save this guy that he just a few weeks ago had an all-out brawl with and had to separate from. And I think that this is where Abraham comes to into his own in fulfillment of be a blessing. Because being a blessing means showing up and taking care of, showing up for and taking care of, Anybody who is at risk. Showing up and taking care of anybody who is in danger. Anybody who has lost power. Who is crushed by the system. Who doesn't have control over their own destiny. And has suffered as a part of being uh, caught up in forces that are beyond their control. Abraham is a blessing because... He rides into battle to protect the vulnerable. And all the more so, he does it for somebody, even for somebody who was just a short while before his opponent. This story caught my attention this week because of all that our country is going through. All that our country is going through because it means what we learned on Tuesday and Wednesday, we'll continue to learn in the days that follow, is that there is a substantial portion of our population that has felt very much like Lot, very much the captive of forces beyond their control, the victim of powers that they could not appeal to, and were suffering, and were threatened, and whose lives were challenged in that context. And so it means learning that, regardless of where we stood in the election, we have a responsibility to hear those people's voices and to do everything we can to work Through all the systems of power and government and leadership that we have to ensure even at risk to ourselves, to ensure that those people are cared for and rescued and helped and redeemed. Even if they were on the other side of the political equation from us. That's the lesson from Abraham, but it also works in the other direction. Because What was revealed on Tuesday is that we are a very split country, almost divided evenly. And people on the losing side of Tuesday's election, many of them also feel very much like Lote. And perhaps even more so now, very much like Lote. And so we have a responsibility also to those people. It's not a zero-sum game. Abraham rides into battle to rescue somebody who was in need, whether it was an opponent or whether it was a cousin. It doesn't matter whether it's an opponent or a cousin because in the service of rescuing someone in need, of caring for those who are most vulnerable, who need the most care, who have been abandoned and ignored by the system, and this exists on all sides of the political spectrum. We have a responsibility, a sacred obligation to stand on their side, on all of their sides and to do whatever is necessary to redeem them. It's true of our responsibility to the white working class in Appalachia and in the Rust Belt and it's true also of our responsibility to minority populations, to African-Americans, to Latinos, to gays and lesbians, to women, to everybody who feels challenged and threatened under the existing order. To work with our leaders insofar as our leaders are working to advance the cause of all of their liberation and dignity, and to oppose our leaders wherever they are on the political spectrum when those leaders do not work to advance all of their value and dignity. That's the charge of the bracha, of being a blessing. And that, I think, is the sacred Jewish challenge of the moment. And so I want to close these remarks with a prayer that was written Uh, by the reform movement. Lots of rabbis and uh, organizations were writing prayers on Tuesday and Wednesday, and this is the one that caught my eye, and I want to close by offering it. When God offered King Solomon anything he wished in 1 Kings 3.9, King Solomon asked for one thing only. Give me a listening heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? He didn't ask for might, he didn't ask for wealth, he didn't even ask for wisdom, he asked for a listening heart. May the new leader of the free world be blessed with a listening heart, a heart that listens to the pain of a divided people, a heart that listens for commonalities, a heart that listens to those whose voices are tiny and soft, a heart that listens for the weeping at the margins. A heart that listens to the dreams of the poor, the hopes of the young, and the faint prayer of the dying. A heart that listens to the call of the earth and the haunting song of the sea. A heart that listens past language, dialects, and differences to the very pulse of humanity. A heart that listens to the resounding message of history. A heart that listens to the spirits of our ancestors and the hum of the future. A heart that listens to you, and listens to me, and hears the mysterious harmonies that are so often hidden from us. May we all be blessed with listening hearts, and step into tomorrow together with a commitment to hear one another, to receive each other's presence with hearts that are open and compassionate, with hearts that listen to one another's fears, with hearts that listen to one another's devotion with hearts that listen to one another's achievements, with hearts that listen to one another's disappointments, with hearts that listen to one another's beauty, with hearts that listen to one another's goodness, with hearts that listen to one another's pride. Let us step into tomorrow with our hearts channeling Solomon's gift, with our hearts attuned to one another's precious and unique music, and learn to sing in harmony, This land is your land. This land is my land from California to the New York Island, from the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters, this land was made for you and me. God, let us wake with listening hearts and let the circle of compassion widen enough to include the vast and diverse American family, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Bless us that we may bless each other. Amen.